the Italian Wine Podcast is the community-driven platform for Italian wine geeks around the world. Support the show by donating at italianwinepodcast.com. Donate five or more euros and we'll send you a copy of our latest book, My Italian Grape Geek Journal, absolutely free. To get your free copy of My Italian Grape Geek Journal, click support us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. Grazie mille. Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This is The Next Generation with me, your host, McKenna Cassidy. For the next 30 minutes, I invite you to explore with me what young adults are up to in the Italian wine scene. Today, let's feast on our discussion of Italian wine, travel, food, and culture. Thank you for being here. Grab a glass with us. Chin chin. Welcome. I'm McKenna. I'm here with our 30s under 30 Italian wine podcast. I'm with Valentino Adami, and we're going to be talking about Pra, Graziano Pra Winery today. Welcome, Valentina. Thank you very much. It's so good to have you. And we were just chatting before we started, and there's a ton of youthfulness to the brand Pra. Graziano himself is over 30, but the team is under 40. And I think it's a really special brand to get to learn about because as we make new friends of Italian wine, we want to know the benchmark and very important producers in certain areas. And in the world of white wines, Suave is absolutely iconic and so necessary to know for anyone who enjoys any white wines. So it's a treat to get to learn more. There's another Italian wine podcast with Diego, their export manager, but Valentina and Diego kind of split the pool of of export markets and Valentina focuses on domestic uh, Europe, uh, Italy, etc. So I know it'll be great to have your perspective on who's drinking your wines in the marketplace. But first, would you mind just introducing Pra to those who are unfamiliar, kind of when it started in the 80s with Graziano and then where we're at today? Yes, of course. So uh, actually, with this past uh, harvest, we celebrated 40 harvests, 40 anniversary of activity of Graziano Pra as a wine producer. The family used to uh, farm grapes, but then uh, he studied enology and he studied his own wine production, carrying uh, his name on the label. So we're going to have a celebration uh, label for 2023 vintage out on the market from uh, next spring. Mm. The idea behind Graziano policy, production policy, Mm -hmm. was uh, enhancing and was uh, uh, respecting a lot the territory we are in. So Mm -hmm. he chooses to uh, be very faithful, very loyal to our typical wines. So Mm. this means we only produce uh, Suave Classico. And we only uh, produce it from uh, local indigenous grape varieties, mm. so Garganega and Trebbiani Suave. Totally, we'll make four types of Suave wines uh, since, yes, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from uh, the early 2000s, we also bought a land in uh, Valpolicella, mm. but the eastern part of Valpolicella, so the closest to Suave area for making their typical red wine of Verona. So Valpolicella, Ripasso and Amarone. These are the three labels we produce since now, yeah, more than 20 years actually. And the the winery is uh, quite, uh, yes, 
traditional in this because we have a range of uh, typical wines uh, not changing that often because uh, behind every new wine there is a very long process and a long project. So, uh, yes, quite traditional in this. Graziano is still the enologist and the winemaker, mm-hmm. um, still nowadays. And then there is a team of uh, four people in the office uh, okay. and uh, a couple of people in the cellar. So, That's great. And, uh, yes, Graziano seems up. so joyful. Every picture I've seen of him, he's smiling. <laughs> yes, I think, I think we have a very good balance because we're also friends and we have a very nice group uh, Mm -hmm. working group so that's very important for us and when did you meet pa when did you start working with them oh i started 11 years ago okay it was by chance i was uh, doing hostess up in italy just for uh earning some money yeah uh, in, my spare, in my spare time. Yes. <laughs> At the time, I was uh, uh, studying to become an interpreter and uh, translator. Right. Actually, there is my teacher in the other room. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, I met her. She was yeah, translating, yes, yes. yes. And I was also a hostess up in Italy, and I okay. did some yeah, smaller jobs. Wow. And I met the expo manager of a winery that introduced me to Graziano Pra, and uh, it all started there. And uh, Graziano was looking for not necessarily a skilled person in the wine biz, mm. but somebody willing to learn and mm. to willing to uh, devote time and energy and attention mm. to wine. And uh, I was in my 20s. Yeah, 22 years old. When you met, and I, okay. And I fell in love with the wine trade uh, and wine people, and I thought it was fantastic. So, yeah. What about it did you love? Did you love the enthusiasm of everyone or the hospitality or the wine itself? What attracted you to the wine industry? I think the hospitality and the people connections that wine creates. Uh-huh. Uh, because great restaurants are all over the world so Mm -hmm. sometimes you travel on the other side of the planet and you are introduced to that sommelier or that restaurant manager and you and you get to visit fantastic restaurants Mm -hmm. uh, and then that that sommelier you met two years ago in london and uh, I mean, you still know each one, other. <laughs> yeah, one word is smaller than uh, the totally. than we think. The world totally small, getting smaller. <laughs> yeah. The more people we meet, that's great. And did you grow up in Suave? Yes, okay. close to Suave. Oh, that's uh, great. So you're near home ish. Yes, exactly. And and then it's so fantastic because uh, Suave is um, uh, is an historical wine brand of Italy mm-hmm. so uh, yeah denomination appellation yeah. and then uh, re- Italian restaurants are all over the world mm-hmm. so it's so uh, it's fantastic to find your wines uh, all, I mean everywhere almost or totally yeah it is a treat Pa wines are <laughs> well respected very well respected when Thank you're you. introducing Suave to someone who hasn't ever had a Suave before how do you tell them what it is. If someone's never had a Suave, you're, you're showing them Pra. You're, you're in the United States or you're in the UK. Okay. How do you describe Suave to someone who's never had it? Are you 
you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local food, and taking in the scenery. Now back to the show. I describe Suave as a hilly, steep, hilly area of volcanic origin, so very rich in minerals uh, in the underground, making, uh, uh, making wine that have a fantastic aging potential. Mm. It is one of the most known white wine uh, of Italy, so uh, usually it doesn't need a lot of presentation, but I have to admit that most of the time, uh, this Suave known uh, was uh, uh, is the one uh, quite you know easy drinking, too easy to drink mm-hmm. actually, because it was very popular during the nineties as a yeah, like, like a, a very beverage, large, yeah, a, a very large consumption. So our uh, task, our mission as a winery is making. Uh, uh, people aware that uh, suave can be very long aging, mm-hmm. uh, from very high quality, uh, so a prestigious uh, Italian mm-hmm. white wine. And for to make to meet this uh, from uh, this vintage, uh, we chose uh, to uh, close all the bottles with a screw cap mm. because mm-hmm. we re- after 13 years of study and uh, wine tasting, we realized that the screw cap uh, uh, for us is the best closure to ensure the quality in the long term and to support the longevity of our mm-hmm. white wines especially. We've been tasting for 13 years uh, uh, our wines uh, bottle with a, a cork, natural cork, and then mm-hmm. also DM cork and screw cap and horizontal tasting mm-hmm. are very impressive because uh, you then realize that uh, it's not only about what you do in the vineyard or what you do in the cellar, but it's absolutely... Uh, How the bottle is... Yeah, a lot on the... On the maintenance, on the uh, storage of the bottles, oh, uh, yes. so the closure, temperature, the way it's uh, it's uh, stored, basically, mm-hmm. and the screw cap is the most protective mm. during transport stress, etc. And we realized that it it's the best closure for aging our wines, uh, and uh, yeah, to support their their so the... potential of aging. Okay. Yeah. It, I had a 2011 Pra Suave Monte Grande uh-huh. um, last spring, and it was so delicious. But it's a screw cap, obviously. Like, it was it was amazing. And I think it's cool because, obviously, there's plenty of conception that cork is ideal, but it's not so when you're researching, especially these kind of crew Suave wines, you really want to permit the oxygen to interact with the wine and or not at all, and it ages in there. It's so cool you guys have gotten to do the research for that. We say that it is a technological closure. So you, as a producer, you made a lot of decisions in the the vineyards, but also in the cellar. Uh And you can do it also when bottling the the wine. So you can decide which material to use in the screw cup Mm -hmm. and how much oxygen 
can you're permitting f- inside yeah can flow oh. in they're not all the same okay that's great uh, for the whites we use one sort and for the red another one oh. what are the different kinds called yeah, we're remember? using no, no. They are technical names, but for the whites, we're using tin foil. Okay. And for our red wines, we're using Saranex. So okay. there are different models of a screw cap that uh, allows us to reach different goals because. Okay. Uh, and they permit oxygen inside. They all in different do. Metrics. They all do. Because it it, it's not um, a sterile closure. So screw cap is not sterile closure. Sure. But it avoids oxidation that for us is a much bigger problem mm. than TCA so than the cork mm. cork taint problem sure so it can age without the oxidation of go air going through a cork it's just like a different interaction with the screw cap it's controlled yeah it's, it's so controlled cool. and it's not that's very technical yes it's a technological pleasure. sure sure with that we also ensure more Uniform, not a uniform, but more. Um, yeah, like, kind of, like all, consistent, all the bottles, yeah, consistent amongst the cross. No, I got you. I got you. No, you're fine. Uh, like, it's more consistent aging across the bottles. There's less volatility if one case of wine is stored. There you go. Toward the warm end of the room, and one case of wine is stored towards the cold end of yeah. the room. How many times okay. during a vertical tasting with journalists you open like six bottles of that wine? Yeah. And all the bottles are different one from the other. Totally. And uh, the, the eventual comments on the bottle depend on the vintage, on the weather, etc. Totally. Uh, and since you're exporting to so many different markets, like you'll have to regulate, help the wine succeed <laughs> in its different places. Thank you for sharing that. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's awesome. And then I know since we're focused on making new friends of wine today in particular, before we wrap up, um, what do you think is attractive about Pra, Graziano Pra to new friends of wine, to people who are 20s, 30s, who are learning about wine for the first time? Obviously, the wine's amazing, but what else is attractive about the brand for someone who's new to wine? I think we have uh, a very firm food on tradition because we only make traditional wines. Mm. I mean, we're not making uh, international blends. So we're not very affected by trends like mm-hmm. uh, their general Your core notes. doesn't change with the trends. Yes, yes. exactly. Our yeah. identity is quite state firm since 40 years. <laughs> so Amazing. Yeah. very consistent in this. But with an eye and with the other food, on uh, the future because we are a younger team and uh, for example the use of screw cap uh, tells a lot about this because uh, we are sure that it's going to be the closure of the future Mm -hmm. also because we're shortening in a natural cork Mm -hmm. and also because it's more uh, ecological Mm. Uh, and then we have organic too I believe all your vineyards are organic yes right they are Just a given. And then we have some smaller projects like so, Behaves uh, cool. that we don't sell actually uh, uh, honey, but it's just for our for our vineyards for their balance. Sure, the cohesion of the ecosystem. There you and, go. And yeah. then uh, in 2015, we bought uh, a hill actually that uh, comes up from the f- the flat area 
of Suave. So it's called the Monte Bison. Okay. And there are many ruins. There are six buildings uh, in ruins. We started uh, renovating them. So it's uh-huh. just taking and not changing too much. So we don't want to make a super modern uh, resort in there. Mm. We just want to take all those uh, buildings and give a new clothes. Yes. Know? It's like a thrift store. Yeah. Yeah, renovating. Renovating. Refreshing. Refreshing. So, yes, for the future of our uh, winery, uh, we see also the hospitality being a great opportunity, but still preserving uh, the very historical buildings in this area. There is a, a tower on the top of this hill that was used to communicate with the castle of Suave, the medieval castle of Suave, and the castle of Ilazi. And then the one uh, legend says that there is also an underground tunnel that connects that (gasps) tower to the castle. I don't believe it. Yeah, (laughs) it's (laughs) impossible to find. We haven't found the tunnel yet. (laughs) It's very common for people who live in Verona that uh, every restaurant has a cellar Uh and everybody tells you that there is a tunnel connecting to the arena. Oh, the arena. Yes. Uh, None of this tunnel has We've never never found found any of the tunnels, but but we know they're there. There are some legends about uh, secret... That's exciting. uh, (laughs) That's really exciting. Secret tunnels. That'll be an incredible story to tell when... People do tours of those renovated areas and yeah, to stay. It, it's the... a fantastic place because, I mean, this hill is called Monte Bison again. And uh-huh. it's uh, surrounded by not very, you know, prestigious uh, agriculture. I mean, quite okay. massive uh, production around. Okay. But on this hill, we have uh, almost a monopoly. We have quite a big mm. property. And there is a wooden uh, there's a, a part that we kept as wood, the northern one, mm-hmm. and then we have eight hectares of vineyards. Mm-hmm. And um, there is a fantastic fauna together with the vine farming. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have foxes, we have uh, squirrels, we have wow. uh, very small deers, we have smaller birds, mm-hmm. like local birds, I don't know the name in English. Yeah, yeah. We have a wild boar that came here to give birth to uh, cubs. Oh. Uh, we had, uh, yeah, another animal, I don't know the name. But Many different animals living there, So finding their home there and contributing to the ecosystem. Yes, I think it, it's also because we work organic, and I think yeah. because they find here kind of a oasis. Totally. Uh, because all around it's all... Yeah, so they come up the hill for chemicals, basically. Okay. It's nice that you're above that, too, because the chemicals aren't going to run into your vineyards because your vineyards are above. Yes, exactly. And then you have the safer environment there. Yes, exactly. That's so great. So it's really worth the visit. Uh, We wait for people there. Yeah. We also have uh, two rooms, and the project is to enlarge the hospitality in this area. Of course. Oh, well, I can't wait. I'll be... Making my reservation shortly. Tante Grazie for joining you today. Remember to catch our episodes weekly on the Italian Wine Podcast, available everywhere you get your pods. Salute. And enjoyed the wines, and we look forward to to meeting again and having a glass. I know I'll be seeking these wines out where I where I am at home. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers. Ciao.